This is Lena from Infected Rain. Brian Fair from Shadows Fall. Gary Hall from Exodus and recently retired from Slayer. Phil from Violence here. This is Trevor Sternad from the Black Dahlia Murder. This is Christian from Lions at the Gate. Yo, 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 Igor Cavalera here. Hey, this is Charlie with Anthrax. I just want to give a shout out to Pedalton and Metal Radio, the podcast. The podcast to get all your rock and metal news plus reviews. With new episodes dropping every Sunday, make sure you tune in. Keep rocking with Pedal to the Metal. Check it out now. Keep it metal. Hell yeah. Welcome, everybody, to another exciting edition of Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. I'm your main man, Eddie Monster here, and we've got quite the fucking show for you guys this week. That's right. We've got the top 10 of 2010 that we're doing. We've been doing uh, every year since uh, my birthday, celebrating 40 years, so why not? We'll do all 40 years of when I'm alive. So hoping that by the time we get to 2022... At least most of the year will be done, and I could easily vote on that. Uh, but nonetheless, we got that going. We've got uh, Unsigned Band of the Week. we got Bands You Should Know Artists. And uh, we got a concerts to talk about because this was a wild, wild weekend for yours truly. Uh, a lot of stuff going on from Friday, Saturday, and even Sunday. Uh, a lot of great shit going around, but... Of course, as always, I want to tell you guys before we get into anything that if you want to follow the show on anything, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it may be, all the links are provided in the description below so you can easily follow the show anywhere. Uh, There's also a link to the blog page, which has every single episode uh, new and archived, so you can check out all of them. And not to mention... Every band that we play on the show, we also have links to follow all those bands. Because after all, man, we've got to follow and support music, metal music in in particular. You know what I mean? Because this is a scene that is sacred to all of us. We are all metalheads. We are all united. Whether you're a maggot, whether you're whatever, you know part of the kiss army whatever it may be we're all one and the same we all love metal music we all live breathe and die for it and uh yeah just support it man these bands could use it these days and i know we're in a recession so it's hard so whatever you can do whether it's just buying a t-shirt whether it's just listening to the band just that in general you know show some support you know check them out live all sorts of shit all right so without further ado i'm gonna get into the top 10 of 2010 at this point i believe i was i don't know how old i was 28 i want to say by 2010 28 maybe uh and it was kind of a you know 2010 was a year and it's so crazy how things go right where some years you see certain scenes start to pop up and their albums are doing well and all of a sudden you know a screwball gets thrown at you the very next year because this year in 2010 2010 was very dominated by classic metal bands who all of a sudden had released amazing records 
so with that being said, my honorable mention for for 2010 is uh, High on Fire with their album Snakes for the Divine. And at number 10, starting the top 10, we've got a star-crossed wasteland by In This Moment. I love the gun show. I always thought that was a great track. And uh, In This Moment was really coming into their own by this point really developing their they've developed their identity and they were really going in with their own on that so i always loved it uh number nine i've got deep blue by parkway drive metalcore had sort of seen it's it's kind of uh it's kind of end of days man you know what i mean like i i feel like every scene generally has a five-year like not expiration but just sort of like a five-year gap where it's really at its highest and then it just starts to drop and you either sink or swim with it i mean look at every band right that ever i mean look at new metal for instance right deftones had to live or adapt i mean uh adapt or die as well as corn and all those bands did their best, and they transformed themselves, and that's why they're still at the top of their game. Look at Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, any of those bands. They had to do the same thing with the thrash metal scene. Thrash metal's big height was from, like, 86 to about 1990. And then after that, they had to adapt or, you know, or disappear. Same with new metal, as I said. That was probably '98 to about 2002, right when it was when it was at, at its highest. So same thing here. And Parkway Drive definitely did that with Deep Blue. Such an amazing, amazing record. Uh, they still kept the metalcore in them, you know what I mean. But they they were able to do their thing. Uh, number eight, we've got Order of the Black by the Great Black Label Society. The guitar god, Zach Wilde, comes back with another amazing record, as always. Can't, you can always count on Zach. Uh, number seven, we got Circle the Wagons by Dark Throne. This was the first, I, I finally remembered, this was the first Dark Throne record I ever listened to. And I remember seeing it because it was at WBIM, which I've got news about that for you guys coming up. And I was like, oh, Dark Throne. I heard of these guys. And I remembered, like, seeing Phil and Salmo wearing, you know, the Transylvanian Hunger shirt. So I instantly listened, loved it. Went back and listened to everything from them. And I've loved Dark Throne ever since. So got them at number seven. At number six, we've got Thrash Metal. We've got the second wave. They're considered the second wave of Thrash Metal, which includes, like, Testament. Uh, a lot of those bands. And uh, with that being said, I've got Death Angel at number six with Relentless Retribution. This was their return to form. And, man, you want to pick up a kick-ass thrash record, definitely check this out. It's worth checking out. Uh, number five, we've got The Final Frontier by Iron Maiden. I'm not like, okay, I love Maiden. I'm not crazy about a lot of their releases, but I give them a lot of respect. The Final Frontier was an amazing record. That's why I've got it at number five. Uh, number four, I've got Blood of the Nations by Accept. This was produced by Andy Sneap, who you guys know is in Judas Priest, and he brought Accept. Now, the big question heading into this record was would people accept Mark Tornillo as the new singer, right? 
because we've seen this plenty of times. American taking over a German band doesn't really work out. But this album was fucking amazing. This was such a great album. I got to interview Wolf Hoffman that year when this record was released. Great guy. Awesome guy. Great record. That's why I've got it number four. And number three, I've got Ironbound by Overkill. Again, another classic thrash band that, dude, they came out with a kick-ass fucking album. I'm telling you, they were showing the scene. This is how it's done, right? They went back to the sound of the first five records, gave it an update with the sounds and everything. This is what you got. Uh, number two, we've got Nightmare by Avenged Sevenfold. Probably the greatest event sevenfold record of all time right here uh mike portnoy was brought in to finish the revs parts now the rev had everything already planned out all the all the the beats where the drums were supposed to do and mike portnoy of dream theater came in and, and did a fucking fantastic job with that this is a great record uh and at number one We've got the album that started it all for Ghost. That's right. Opus Eponymous. An amazing record. This band literally rose out of nowhere. I mean, they weren't even on my radar that year. And all of a sudden, word of mouth, dude, was huge. Because all of a sudden, it was like, who the fuck are these guys? Right? Who the fuck is Ghost? And you listen to it, and it sounds like old 70s, you know, rock and metal. You know, like Blue Oyster Cult meets, like, you know, I don't know, Sabbath meets, like, all these other old, old bands. And it was just like, this is pretty fucking kick-ass, right? Elizabeth's a great track, Ritual. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, is this a gimmick or is this for real, right? Like... We'll see when it comes to the second album what these guys can do. And then I loved everything they've done afterwards. So this is why it's the number one album of 2010. Again, classic sounding bands taking over a year. There you go. That's my list. All other lists will be discarded. Real quick, which is Bridgewater State University Radio. For those of you guys that don't live in Massachusetts. Uh, it's where I went to college. Uh, and I had a radio show which was called Pedal to the Metal at the time. And every year they do this alumni takeover. Now, I tried to do it last year. It didn't work out where I was going to do the first ever live episode of Pedal to the Metal. Which, I mean, ultimately, it did work. I mean, it was live. We were live. The only thing is, is I wanted to be able to capture it and then re-release it that following Sunday... So that, you know, anybody that may have missed the episode live could listen to it. So, again, this year we're going to try, I believe we're going to try to redo it again. So you will be able to listen to Pedal to the Metal live, right? It's Friday, I believe September. I'm trying to look at the date here um, of when it's going to be. It's September 30th. Okay, so September 30th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Pedal to the Metal is going to go live. We're going to have a live episode. It's going to feature Grim Reaper. That is our big, big headliner of that show. We're going to have an unsigned band of the week. 
just like we're going to have on this episode. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's going to be fucking awesome. So hopefully you guys are there. You'll be tuning in to the live episode. And then hopefully, right, hopefully I can release it that following Sunday for you guys. But, you know, as soon as more details come out, I will definitely let you guys know. I'll give you guys the link to be able to listen in, all that fun shit. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's the 50th anniversary of uh, WBIM as a station. So I'm super, super excited about that, to be a part of it. It's a, it's a huge honor. So, yeah. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that. All right. It's time for our unsigned band of the week. And the band that we chose for you guys this week is coming all the way from New Jersey. That's right. You got to check these guys out. They are an amazing sounding metal band. I am talking about Who on Earth. And they've got a new track called Down and Out. And it's right here on Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. Here we go again. It's the same old thing.
It's time for Rock and Metal News, presented by Eddie Monster. Yeah, Rock and Metal News time for you guys. So I'm going to start this off, first of all, by talking about this crazy, wild, amazing weekend, which uh, has led to other things, too. Uh, But nonetheless... What a weekend it fucking was to be a metal fan. That's right. So Friday was Corn uh, and Evanescence at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield, Mass. For me, and uh, it was kind of a crazy ass night because things kept getting like the doors kept getting delayed. They weren't opening the doors because of the uh, the lightning and and the rain and thunder and shit. So. You know, we ended up waiting in the car, and then eventually we got in, and it was just in time to catch Evanescence for them to start, because uh, I believe it was around like seven thirty, eight o'clock, I think, something like that, when they set when they finally opened the doors, and uh, both opening acts got canceled, and uh, from there it was an unbelievable show by both acts. Corn uh, really fucking brought it. Fucking, they never disappoint. Corn just never disappoints, and uh, they've they've not all the years that I've ever seen Corn, they have never disappointed me once. The only thing I didn't like, they didn't play Adidas. I would have loved to have heard that again. I feel like it's a live staple, but they've got so much music. Sometimes something needs to get cut out of a set, and that's what ends up happening. So, uh, but other than that, it was a great night. Great night for for a little. Uh, getting out of the house and and just enjoying yourself. And that takes me to Saturday. Okay, so Friday, Corn Evanescence. Saturday, the Tattoo the Earth Festival uh, made its return after, I believe, after 20 years, I think, something like that. It made its return, and it featured Anthrax, uh, Black Label Society, Hatebreed, Bleeding Through, Municipal Waste, uh, terror uh, at the gates, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, on uh, uh, Overcast, so many bands were that were featured that day, and it was it was a wild day, and it was really well done. I mean, as soon as one band would finish, the next band would come on, so it was very 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 cool. Uh, fucking Hatebreed, dude, really fucking brought it in that show. I was so impressed with Jamie Jaston Company. And they fit a shit ton of songs in such a small amount of time. It was it was pretty badass. Um, yeah, just such a good, good time. And then all of a sudden, it was time for uh, Municipal Waste. Municipal Waste just fucking, of course, they're going to kick ass with their brand of thrash metal. Uh, and then we got Black Label Society and Zach, the guitar god, I swear to God. He switches guitars for every single song because every song he had a brand new guitar and it was like a different one from the last one. It was fucking amazing. And then they did this cool moment uh, where they had both uh, pictures of Vinny and, uh, Vinny and Dimebag on stage while they did uh, In This River. So that was that was a very cool, cool moment. Uh, definitely for the show. Uh, the guitar duel was pretty badass. Uh, I mean, you know, still not disappointed at all during the show. And then Anthrax comes on, and it's just fucking pure energy 
from beginning to end. I fucking love Anthrax. That was my first time ever seeing them live. And I was so, so impressed. Joey Belladonna, man, that guy still sounds amazing, right? The band still sounds amazing. They bring the energy. I mean, I don't even know how old these fucking guys are, but they're still bringing it just as good as, as any of the younger guys in the in, in the crowd. Uh, unbelievable. Just an unbelievable night. Uh, great way to cap. If that was going to be it, that was a great way to cap a weekend. Couldn't have you know said it better myself, man. And uh, I got to meet some really cool people. Uh, we ran into Kirk Weinstein, who was running around, who was walking around, uh, you know, from Crowbar because Crowbar was there. Uh, we also ran into Brandon uh, Scapetti um, of Bleeding Through, who I'm gonna try to get on the show. I'm trying, and uh, very very nice guy, awesome guy. Can't wait to have him on the show. Uh, hopefully soon. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just such a great experience, such an amazing experience. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I hope moving forward, I hope there's more of these Tattoo the Earth festivals. Awesome, 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 awesome. And uh, it was my first time. So it wasn't my first time going to the Palladium, but it was my first time going going to an outdoor event at the Palladium. And uh, pretty cool idea. If I do say so myself. So it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And then Sunday was uh, Silver Scream Con. If you guys don't know, uh, Spencer of Ice Nine Kills threw together his own con because we were missing a horror con after so many years of Rock and Shock being around in the mass area that, you know, we didn't have a con all of a sudden. And uh, Spencer brought Silver Scream Con. Which was uh, a lot of fun. A lot of great people there. Bill Mosley, Kane Hodder. If you're into into horror guys, Nick Castle was there. James Jude Courtney uh, was also there. A lot of people. Skeet Ulrich was there. Uh, no, he canceled. Skeet Ulrich canceled because he was sick. But uh, yeah, uh, Felissa Rose, who's a sweetheart, was there. Uh, just a lot of fun, man. And then you know. All of a sudden, there's the uh, there's the drama because uh, originally AC Slade and I believe was gonna be a Blackcraft store in Salem, and they were gonna do a free uh, autograph live stream event, and it got moved to the Silver Scream Con due to you know overwhelming demand. Uh, but before that actually happened, there's a lot of back and forth going around between Wednesday 13 and, you know, AC Slade. And it, it was being played out on Facebook uh, for those of you guys that, whether you saw it or didn't see it. So Wednesday 13 was the first to sort of take to, to social media. He wrote, hello, everyone. I want to take a moment to explain my comments this week on the murder doll situation because early in the week he had said anything that is not Joey and I is not real um, so here's what he said my issues have nothing to do with any ex-members celebrating the 20th anniversary of that album which is uh, beyond the valley of the murder dolls uh, I've been celebrating the anniversary as well on my tours this year however I've, I've been celebrating it as Wednesday 13 
not the Murder Dolls. The first album released in 2002, all music was written by Joey and I. The only other member to contribute to this record was Trip Eason uh, with a few guitar solos. All other instruments vocals are performed by Joey and Wednesday. We assembled a touring lineup after the recording was finished, consisting of Eric, Ben, and AC. The band went on a hiatus eight years after this and returned in 2010 with the sophomore Murder Dolls album, which is, uh, I believe, Women and Children Last. This album and touring lineup did not feature any of the touring members from the first album. This was decided by Joey as his decision to only have he and I photographed on that album. This was Joey's band. He invited me into this world, and I am able to do what I do today because of him and the Murder Dolls name. And that's this whole situation. And that's what this whole situation is about. Murder Dolls' trademark had lapsed. This was unknown to Joey or I, as the band was inactive and no one was watching for this. However, it seems AC was watching for it and applied for the MD trademark to take the name behind our backs. AC succeeded in gaining the trademark. He applied for this trademark one year before I was notified and a year before Joey's passing. He never notified Joey about this and uh, as he knew he would be furious and not approve. There's no other way I can view this other than he stole the name from Joey. He's now launching websites, merchandise, and our first album as official Murder Dolls. Erasing my name out of the bio and history of the band. It's sad that I've had to make this public decision, but that's where we are. I'm not involved with this situation because I chose not to be involved with it. It doesn't sit well with me, and I cannot get behind it. Alright, so then AC went on, and this is about a day ago. And he said, hey gang, AC here, and I would just like to clear the air on some things. The Murder Dolls as a band does not exist. There are no current members, only alumni. There are no plans for a tour, new single, nothing of the sort. That's the bad news. Now for the good news. It became apparent before 2020 that none of the alumni wanted to shoulder the responsibility of maintaining the legacy or the business of the band. All of the business legal ends of the band were abandoned. Reinstating the assets was time-consuming and expensive, as you can imagine. It also came to my attention that we are approaching the 20th anniversary of Beyond. I reached out to Warner Brothers to see if they had any plans for a re-release, and I was informed they did not. But they also indicated that they would be elated if I would like to license the album and all of its assets. This means the re-release of Beyond the Valley of the Murder Dolls is officially licensed. And with that, any images, photos, music videos, artwork that came with the album. We spent months trying to track down the original master tapes, but no one seems to have them. That should also give you an idea of, of bad estate the business affairs had fallen. I'd like to invite Jack... Racky, Roman, Jason, Eric, and obviously Wednesday and Dizzy to, to join in on this celebration. And should they ever need to use the band as a platform for their own endeavors, it would not only be welcomed but encouraged, but that will be their choice. Reconnecting the alumni with the Murder Dolls fans and us extending the legacy of everyone who built it 
is what this is all about. But most of all, I'd like to invite everyone to come together and celebrate this landmark album. So obviously there's something going on, and, and I'm not really positively sure, but obviously it's a disagreement between you know two sides. AC's trying to claim that basically nobody gave a shit enough to take care of the affairs of this while Wednesday is claiming, no, nah, AC stole it. He just plain out stole it. He went behind everybody's back and is trying to make it look like he's the good guy, right? Well, AC's basically saying, dude, nobody has any idea where anything, the master tapes, nothing. That shows you what kind of state the affairs were in. And maybe he was like, somebody needs to clean it up. Murder Dolls was an important band for an important time, right? But, nonetheless, you know, that's where all of that lies. So you be the you be the judge as to what you think. I don't really know um, because I'm holding off on my opinion on this because I want to invite as many former bandmates as possible of Joey's to celebrate Joey's life, right? That's what I'm all about is celebrating the legacy of one of my favorite drummers of all time in Joey Jordanson. And I would like to cordially invite Wednesday 13 onto the show and any past member, whether it be in Slipknot, whether it be in, in any band that he may have been in, I want to invite them on the show. So I'm holding off on my opinion on that. Um, and my opinion don't, doesn't really matter anyways on that. I'm not, I, I don't get into business affairs. Um, but all right, we're going to take a small little break from Rock and Metal News because it's time for our first Bands You Should Know artist. And the first band that we have for you guys is coming all the way from Chicago, Illinois. That's right. We are talking about Ivent Horizon. If you are a fan of Andromeda, Spirit Box, Intervals, or Tesseract, then you are definitely going to fucking love these guys. They've got some new shit they released this year called War Machine, and we are proud to have them on the podcast. So without further ado, here is Ivent Horizon and their single, War Machine. systems online. Let the slaughter commence.
Humanity, the study of floral constitutions, the host, is no longer needed. The host has been subjugated. Brace for impact. back everybody to more rock and metal news uh of course for those of you guys that have heard obviously pantera has announced their first four shows for 2022 unfortunately unless you live in south america uh or are planning to travel to south america then you can see them but if you don't live in south america unfortunately you won't get to and uh three of the shows will take place apparently at not not fest columbia NotFest Chile and NotFest Brazil, plus they have another one, um, and they're going to be playing alongside uh, bands like Slipknot, Judas Priest, Bring Me the Horizon, uh, so much more. Um, I know Mr. Bungle, Trivium Sepultura is part of one of them, um, so on and so forth. So pretty cool if you love it. And one of the cool things, though, that I want to talk about, and I think this is awesome, is uh, Pantera has recruited Dimebag's Guitar Tech for the upcoming tour, um, which is which is pretty fucking awesome, uh, if you ask me. Zach apparently is going to be using all of Dime's gear while on tour, and Grady Champion, who is uh, the longtime Dimebag Daryl Guitar Tech, is going to be doing it for Zach on this tour, which is pretty awesome. Um, so I'm hoping for more and more announcements. Uh, but Champion revealed on Instagram that he's going to be doing. He said, okay, for all the people I've ghosted and anyone else who's interested, uh, I'm doing a thing. I signed on for the Pantera tour, Dimebag's Widow, Rena Haney, has allowed me to access some of Dime's gear, and I'm bringing it for Zach. I'm not his tech. He is a badass longtime one. The plan for now is for me to run effects and help bring Dime's tone to the party. Uh, the details of the rig and stuff are still to be worked out yet. I started with Pantera, and I will end with Pantera. I don't know the right thing to think, to say, or to do. When I saw the headline, like everyone else, I threw up, sweaty palms, heart was freaking out. I had seen that headline a thousand times in my nightmares. After it sunk in and I spoke to everyone, I felt like I would be crazy to turn my nose up and say, fuck that. I need to be involved if I am needed. Turns out I am needed and I'm fucking doing it. So there you go. Um, I'm pretty pumped. I'm pretty pumped. So apparently he's just going to be running the effects to get... Dime sound to help Zach, and then Zach has his own guitar tech to, you know, do all the string tunings and and all that shit. Uh, but it's gonna be exciting. I hope. I know they said it wasn't gonna be like a a super huge tour, but I at least hope there's a date in Massachusetts or Rhode Island, or wherever it may be. Hopefully, somewhere close to me, so I can go and see Pantera. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. 
All right, so Event Sevenfold, right, is slowly, slowly unveiling uh, their new record, but they've announced a digital world named City of Evil, uh, which is created apparently in the sandbox environment. I don't know exactly what it is, but... uh, City of Evil, the digital world, is that it'll play a major role in gathering information and socializing with other fans. That's apparently what it's saying. Uh, Here's what M. Shadow said. As many of you know, we are... Jeez, man, this thing. We are currently finishing up our eighth studio album. We uh, expect to be firing on all cylinders once that is ready to be released. And this social hub will play a major role in gathering information and socializing with other fans. For the ones who have been patient, thank you. We also want to thank our team at Nabia Creative for diving into the A7X culture and really nailing the aesthetic for the fans. We have much to build. Uh, this is just the beginning. So there you go. Um, City of Evil World apparently is currently free. Uh, the alpha test is free, and for all who want to participate, no NFTs or crypto required. We hope you check it out. I'm going to check it out. I'll let you guys know uh, what I ultimately think of that. I don't really know if I want to mess with it. But all right. So uh, Millie Petroza of Creator had some things to say about new inspirations, right? Because obviously, you know, how does a band... Uh, continue for so long they've got to have new influences or like you know stuff like that Uh, and here's what he said i know i shouldn't do this but the band band creator is so important for me and also it's important to know what our fans think of the music first and foremost of course we have to love the music you cannot be loved by everyone creator wouldn't be creator if all of a sudden the whole world loved what we do that's not how things work if you have a unique sound There will be people that say it's not what they expected, which is fair enough. Do I listen to comments? I shouldn't, but sometimes I do. But then, on the other hand, I know that it would be bad if people wouldn't care at all. If people are disappointed about some of the changes or the direction we're taking just means that they care. If people still care and they still feel offended that we have, for example, on the new album Hate Uber Alice, We have a female singer, and some people were like, yeah, it's not thrash, whatever. And I have to agree with them. So basically, he's just saying, you know what? Creator's creator. They're going to do what they do, no matter what anybody says, which is the way it should be. That's what Slayer's always done. That's what so many great bands that have stuck to their guns have always done. So there you go. little lesson in that. All right. uh, Hell's Heroes 2023 is being headlined by Possessed with the just reformed Razor, uh, British band Demon, and Power Metal Act Liege Lord. Those are the marquee acts for the Hell's Heroes Festival, uh, which takes place in Houston, Texas at the White Oak Music Hall. Apparently some of the other bands will include Pagan Altar, Satan, Visigoth, Ross the Boss, Night Demon, uh, Skullfist, Haunt, Enforcer, uh, Christian Mistress, Riot City, Danava, Goathorn, Freeways, and so many Gatekeeper, uh, Gatekeeper, Midnight Dice, some good bands there, uh, and so many more. So there you go. Uh, March 
24th and 25th, apparently of 2023. And tickets are definitely on sale. So if you want to thrash over two days, make sure you go and fucking see this. Uh, Typo Negative has announced that they're going to be reissuing their album Dead Again in November. That's right. And it's going to feature a ton of bonus tracks, which uh, apparently looks to be live tracks from various things like Everything Dies, My Girlfriend's Girlfriend, uh, Christian Woman, Love You to Death, you know, so on and so forth. So there you go. Uh, The first casualty of this album was the record company, which promptly went under after its release. Soon after, Peter passed, and then even the rehearsal studio was written and developed in was burnt to the ground by Sir Hurricane Sandy. As the black cloud continues its relentless path over Typo, Dead Again appeared and disappeared from the streaming platforms for years. Now that the storm has passed, we have some slight hope of establishing a small illusion of permanence with the final release of Dead Again. We are sorry for any inconvenience we may have caused you. Badass. And pre-orders are available right now for that. So I'm going to definitely check that out. Uh, other news, Skeleton Witch is working on its first album since 2018. That's right. Get ready for new Skeleton Witch. I probably is going to be fucking brutal. And it's going to be fucking awesome. Cannot wait for that. Uh, Demon Hunter has pushed back the release of their new album, which apparently is because of supply chain issues. Uh, which is really weird. You know what I mean? And uh, so it's been pushed back. Uh, Exile has been pushed back from September 9th to October 28th. And it's because of supply chain issues. Um, and here's what they said uh, Exile, October 28th, due to ongoing supply chain issues and production delays, including CD and comics. We made the difficult decision to push back the street date. The good news is that now every format, including vinyl, is scheduled to arrive the same day. We want to make this album as special as possible. The 20 Years in Exile tour begins on September 9th. We will perform songs from each of our 11 albums, including Exile. So make sure you get your tickets, VIP packages, and pre-order Exile at DemonHunter.net. That's right. Exile features guest spots from Max Cavalera, uh, Judas Priest Ricky Richie Faulkner, and Evergrave vocalist Thomas England. And it was produced by Jeremiah Scott. So make sure you check it out. You pre-order the album right away. Speaking of Max Cavalera, the Cavalera brothers have announced the Beneath the Remains and Arise U.S. tour, uh, which starts on September 28th in Panoma, California, and runs all the way to October 29th in Santa Ana, California, with unfortunately no dates in the New England area, which kind of drives me fucking nuts. What the fuck? I wanted to see this tour so bad. If I want to, I got to go to New York. Basically is what they're telling me. New York or Pennsylvania. Who knows? Uh, All right, so that is going to do it for Rock and Metal News. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed. And now it is time for our last Bands You Should Know Artist, and we've got another great one for you guys this week. And we've got quite the band. If you guys love Saxon, Metallica, Maiden, and Priest, then you're going to love this band from Watertown, Tennessee. That's right. I am talking about Ivander, and they've got an album 
called uh, Inferno 1978, which was released back in April of this year. And we are happy to be checking them out on the show. So without further ado, to end the show, and I want to thank all of you for tuning in as always. You guys are amazing. You're fucking awesome. Uh, Follow all these bands. Support all these bands. Click on the links. And without further ado, here they are. This is Ivander and their track, I Bring the Hell. (laughs) 